Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. You may have heard that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help us save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. The pursuit of happiness. Is a solo sport. Deadass. I like that one. It's extreme too. Oh. If you think about it, it's a solo extreme sport. And baby, the minute I broke free of the shackles of being concerned about what everybody else thought, happiness, baby, just came bubbling over. Deadass? Deadass. Deadass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm Deval. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys. And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. So when we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we about to take Pillow Talk to a whole new level. Dead ass starts right now. I'm going to take y'all back to 2000 and... Way back into time. No, it was 2010. 2010? Okay. Yeah. And this is the crazy part when I talk about happiness in this. It has nothing to do with relationships particularly, but we're going to... Talk about how it affects relationships. But 2010, mm-hmm. I just came back. Kadeen and I were trying to figure out what was going to be the next steps. We knew we wanted to get back to where we were financially in the NFL, but we didn't know exactly how to start. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was build, starting to build my sports performance business. And I was at Poly Prep working. I trained a young man named Dave. Frederick, shout out to Dave, went on to Wagner, uh, played offensive line for them, Division One school in Staten Island. Shout out, what's up, Dave? But um, after I trained Dave, Dave had given my brother and I, we trained him for two months. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, he gave us $100 each mm-hmm. and a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like, like a light bulb went off. I was like, it was like, ding! <laughs> ah, I can actually get paid because of my expertise. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw his transformation. You know, he lost some weight. He got faster, bigger, stronger. Mm-hmm. I said, I could teach athletes how to, to get in elite shape. Mm-hmm. They can be like, like Dave's like the prototype. Right. Oh, elite prototype, prototype. athletics. That oh, was the name of the company. Another light bulb moment, huh? So we're in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at Poly Prep. Poly Prep is one of the most expensive schools 
for That's day schools in the, in the country, mm-hmm. uh, let alone Brooklyn. And I started to tell people what I wanted to do. And every time I told someone what my plan was, they were just like, eh, I can't see it working. And I was like, what you mean? So they started giving me all of these reasons as mm-hmm. to why it wouldn't work. First, they were like, okay, you got one person to pay who was at Poly Prep. That person is at Poly Prep. Has money. Has money. Right. I said, okay, I could make it work in the inner cities. Yeah, but if you make it too cheap, you'll never make any money. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, that's true. Right. Then there was, we don't really have any athletes that come out of New York like that, that do anything. You remember all of that? Yep. Nobody going to pay for that. Nobody cares enough. Poly Prep is a different thing. So I said, what if I get a gym and I can charge more because I have a space and they're not training in the park? Oh, training in a gym is too expensive. You won't be able to do this. You won't be able to do that. Blah, 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 blah. So for about a year, I listened to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I was traveling around the city. I spoke at in Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queen. I spoke in Long Island. I spoke in Staten Island. I spoke in Jersey just trying to get some kids to join the program. And I listened to what everyone was saying. I set my price point mm-hmm. based on what everyone else told me. I set my location mm-hmm. based on every, what everyone else telling me. And I also set my plan for marketing based on everyone else telling me. And you know what happened? <laughs> it flopped. <laughs> it flopped. We went around. My brother and I spoke for eight weeks going to all these different locations and engaging in all these different conversations with people. And we only had three kids sign up to this camp in that summertime. Two of them were family members. <laughs> so at that point, I was about to quit. I was like, man, this will never work. Mm-hmm. But then I said, you know what, Deval? How about you just go back to what you thought you were going to do in the very beginning? Mm-hmm. Like, not doing a version of what everyone else Before wants you to do. Before all the input. Why don't you do your own version? Mm-hmm. And I did. And 10 years later... Elite Prototype Athletics was a fully-fledged business in Brooklyn that serviced the community, Mm -hmm. but also was able to generate enough money where I could buy my own gym Mm -hmm. and branch out and do a lot more philanthropy work. So the moral of the story is stop listening to niggas. (laughs) Okay? Especially those who have not done what you're trying to do. (laughs) Facts. And I'm going to explain how this relates to happiness when we return. Ooh, the trickle-down effect. So I actually have uh, a different song, different type of song for today. Right. You were very excited about this karaoke song. I want to hear what it is. Because you think about a lot of songs that deal with happiness, right? Because I'm happy. Yeah, but I think we've done that before. (laughs) Well, the thing is, that's a great song, but you don't just get to be happy, right? No. You don't just get there. You don't talk talk about about the the struggle. Yeah, the pursuit of it. (laughs) Getting to the happy, right? So speaking of the pursuit of happiness, this Mm -hmm. song is a score. Let me see if you know it. Mm-hmm. You ready? It's giving a Beyonce. Take it to the moon. Beyonce, to I know the you sky. just saw. I, I know you just saw Beyonce. I but know, it's not I just Beyonce. got back from Sweetie. Y'all said everything is Beyonce. You don't remember the scene? No. Okay, so I'll, I'll paint the picture for you. All there's, right, do there's it. There's a gate. There's a gate. There's a basketball. Mm-hmm. There's a basketball in a bag. A kid is holding a basketball in a bag. He got a fro. Jaden Smith. Yes. Yes. All right. Still ain't clicking, but go ahead. Okay. Okay. Don't ever let nobody tell you you can't do something. <laughs> oh, it's starting if to click now. you got now. a dream, yes. you got to protect it. Oh, you're right. You see something. 
go get it. Mm-hmm. Period. Brother Will. Brother Will. Brother Will. From what? The pursuit, the pursuit of, of happiness. happiness. That dun, was so dun, good. Now, now the now it makes sense. It makes sense. Right? Yeah, so I said it was, it was in the a background. Little, weird, a little different. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was more the score of the music, not the song. Song. Yes. That sure as hell wasn't on the soundtrack. So I don't believe. <laughs> no, it's a score. I told you it's yeah, a score, but no, I, I I'm pretty you. sure it's a song that's attached to a song for sure. Yeah, in the, in the soundtrack. Yeah. But um, right, but it was very impactful. Yes. And um, yeah, it makes sense. That that Good scene stuff. in that movie meant a lot to me. Oh my God. There were so reasons. many scenes in that movie. I, yeah, you, when you said that, I was like, damn, there was another scene. Uh-huh. But that scene in particular, because it was like he was talking to his son, mm-hmm. but he was talking to himself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's he was like trying he, to get himself to believe it. Right, right, right. He was talking to himself out loud uh-huh. so his son could hear it, but it was just almost like. Yeah. And he also realized how he was projecting. All the stuff he couldn't do right. on his son. And do you? Well, I my I want to say favorite scene, but the most emotional for me was which one? Them in the, in the subway, in the subway, on the floor, in the bathroom, in the bathroom when the he bathroom. had to sleep there with his son. But yo, that's uh, that's. Oh, in fact, let's take a break. Let's a take a break. Pieces. I want to go back to that scene. Let's let's take a break. I want to go back to that scene because this is actually dope. It's actually okay. dope. All, All right, cool. We're gonna take a break, pay some bills, come back, and we're gonna discuss everything we're talking today. Perfect. Hey, what's good, y'all? I think it's important for you to understand why black representation in media is important. It's important because the media represents how people view us. And it's important that they understand that black people are not a monolithic people. That is a fact. And the next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truth. Black Stories, Black Truth is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that? Not anymore. <laughs> I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone, easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages. So no public feeds. And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay. Babe, did you just send me a dollar on Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh. <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, losing two loved ones in a matter of six months, it can be a lot. And a lot of times when you're dealing with grief, you have a lot to get off your chest with your family. That's absolutely right. You know, people carry around all different types of stresses, big and small. When you keep them bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to kind of figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deadass today to get 10% off your first visit. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deadass. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs, classic clogs, and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know... It doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here, they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Okay, we're back. We're back. All right, and... um. I really wanted to talk about this movie, mm-hmm. but also I wanted to talk about how this movie and well, not just this movie, but the ideas that this movie portrayed mm-hmm. kind of reflect exactly what it was that created what you and I have mm-hmm. and how we can project this onto as many people as possible, right? Okay. Happiness, right? Happiness for a lot of people isn't how they feel. Happiness for a lot of people is everybody else telling them that they've reached a place of happiness. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, for example, in a relationship, I I don't know if, if guys do this as often as girls, but I know women do this a lot, right? They meet a guy, they're happy with the guy. Then they ask their friends what they think about the guy. <laughs> All the time. And, right. And then if their friends don't approve of the guy, now they no longer like the guy that they were excited about mm-hmm. because they didn't get the approval. From their friends. From their friends. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Men often don't do it as much. I don't want to say that because, some, you know, we always seek approval from our friends too. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if I like shorty, I like shorty. Like, you can say what you want, but I like shorty. You know what I'm saying? I feel like for us, it's a little bit different, but that's not even the whole point. That's a completely different discussion. Mm-hmm. The point is, is that other people can take your happiness away when you seek their approval for the things that you already feel happy about. Mm. And that's a sickness. I can see that. And the scene you talked about before we went to break was when Will was in the the train. And I'm going to show you how powerful this scene is. Right? Mm-hmm. He's in the train I think station. And prior to this, he got kicked out of... A couple of the homes, the hotel, right? They, yep. didn't make the, they didn't make the time frame that they were supposed to get there to right. get um, a bed, right? Right. So this was like nowhere to go, literally. Nowhere to go. Yeah. It was just him and his son. They had the little thing that he was calling a time machine. Mm-hmm. And his son looked distraught. So he knew that the only way he could get his son to go along with what he was doing mm-hmm. was to make it a game. A game. Yeah. So he was like, oh my gosh, this is a time machine. Mm-hmm. And we want to be in the caves and the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And he started to talk to his son's imagination until he watched a smile come over his son's face. Mm-hmm. And his son became happy. Then he went into the bathroom. He closed the door, made, act like the bathroom was the cave. Mm-hmm. In his heart, he was crying. And then we watched him cry. He was oh, yeah. scared. Yeah. But his son was calm mm-hmm. and happy because his dad told him he should be happy. Right. But that to me is the power mm-hmm. of projection 
but also the power of of learning not to let other people project their ideas on you. Mm -hmm. As a child, it's okay. If my dad told me I should be happy and everything's going to be fine, as a child, you're like, cool. I was about to say, that's the difference. Like, yes. a child, And that's the beauty of being a child, right? The beauty yes. of just knowing yes. like, oh, I'm going to go with the flow and I don't really got anything to worry about. That innocence yes. alone, man, you know how many times I want to just backtrack <laughs> and just go back to that I moment where you. you have no worries? But we can even see it with our children, right? How we approach anything. For example, mm -hmm. Jackson's first debate competition, right? <sighs> First debate competition, oh, Valor had an opportunity to go away that weekend. We both said, absolutely not. Mm -mm. I was being honored at an, an event mm -hmm. that I was supposed to be accepting the award at. Could not attend because why we absolutely had to be there in that moment. And it was for me in part because right. I knew that I needed to make sure that he was going to be okay with this being his first mm -hmm. debate competition. And instead of me projecting the nervousness mm -hmm. or the doubt that I may have had in that moment on him... We took a totally different route. And we do that yeah. with so many different things when it comes to our children. But yeah. but just showing the excitement around it and empowering him and showing him how to prepare for it, it really just changed the whole tide Absolutely. for him. So as a child and a parent, or at least within this relationship, I think we've become more... Um, I think at this point now, we understand that the kids really feed off of every little bit of energy. And if they see us happy in a moment or think that we should be happy as we approach something that could be scary, mm -hmm. they're, they're bought in. They're Absolutely. really bought in. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a great point because you and I have learned over the last year and a half how to change what we project onto our children, right? Mm -hmm. Because we were talking about the pursuit of happiness, but that scene with him on the basketball court he shot the ball. He said, I'm going to the NBA. Mm -hmm. And then his dad was just like, eh, you know, you're you're a little bit taller than average height. You know, not really athletic. I wasn't really an athlete. So you may play high school at best. And then he watched his son put the ball into his bag. Mm -hmm. And that's what made him realize, like, you know what? That was messed up that I just did that <laughs> right. to my son. Right. But that lesson and the lesson in the train station and what you just mentioned about Jackson mm -hmm. is really what I want to touch on today, right? Mm -hmm. We have two responsibilities of people, right? Mm -hmm. In the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of happiness is not only to find your own happiness, but also not deter other people from finding their, their happiness. Their happiness, yes. Right? So, And that's really what I wanted to touch on, which is why I chose that song mm -hmm. and we chose this movie because people think you only have one responsibility. And in this world today, we've all become extremely selfish, right? It's all about me. Me, 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 I, I, I. Self-care, mm -hmm. self-care, which is very important, you know, but they've turned mental health into a selfish thing mm -hmm. almost, you know, mm -hmm. right? A lot of the narrative now is I got to take care of me and screw everybody else. Mm -hmm. but, but I want to challenge that mm -hmm. because we have two responsibilities as people. We don't share this world with ourselves we mm -hmm. share this world with a bunch of other people mm -hmm. so i think we all have to learn the power in seeking other people's approval but also unnecessarily projecting our perceptions of life onto other people mm. because of what that can do for their happiness i also think self-care too is sometimes not even just a scapegoat per se but it's just making sure that you are taking care of yourself so that for, so that you can be of service to other other people mm -hmm. that where it matters, right? right? So taking care of yourself so you can be of service to your family or to mm -hmm. your children or to your career if that's what you so choose. I just think the waters get a little bit muddied when people use self-care or use mental health mm -hmm. as a way to just make an excuse 
or to bow out of a situation where someone may be depending on them or they may right. have, you know, a, a particular role that requires right. them to act in a certain way or to, to perform in a certain way. Right. And then the scapegoat becomes, oh, my mental, my mental health. health. Oh, right. self-care. You know, right. so it could be tricky. I, I feel you. People need to really look at what qualifies as a mental health emergency mm-hmm. and what is just like, I don't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But realistically, in the pursuit of happiness, you should do what you want to do unless it puts other people to a detriment. Is, is a detriment if your actions are a detriment to other people. Mm-hmm. And that's really what, like, what I want to focus on. Like, why do we as people always seek affirmation from everybody else for stuff that we are going to be responsible for in our lives? And that's relationships, career, children, you know, um, people ask me all the time, like, how are you so comfortable sharing your life? Like, how are you so comfortable sharing? You're not concerned about what people say. You're not concerned. And I learned this through football, mm-hmm. right? People are entitled to have their opinions about what you do and, and who you are. Mm-hmm. They are. Everyone is entitled to think what they want to think. Mm-hmm. But you as an individual are also entitled to block out the ideas and opinions of others, right? Mm -hmm. We don't share because we are seeking affirmation. I don't put something on the internet hoping that everyone agrees with what I do. Mm -hmm. I'm just sharing what I do as a testimony, as a possibility for someone else to do the same thing if they choose to. Mm -hmm. If you choose to walk in the same life as I do, say you want to be monogamous, you want to be married, you want to have kids, you want to get in a TV film, Here's, a, here's an option of how I did it. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Mm. I'm not sharing my life for people to confirm that my life is great or horrible. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes because of social media, that's what their happiness has become. That's absolutely it. Someone recently, I forget what event I was at, and um, a young lady was making a post on her Instagram and she said, I don't know about this picture. I like it, but I'm not sure. But, you know, I'm going to post it in this moment. I'll just turn the the likes off so that way I can't see how many people like it or not. And I was like, what was the purpose wow. of that? And she's like, because it's going to mess with me. It's just going to fuck with my head. Like if I post it and I only get a couple thousand likes, then I'll wow. probably just archive it or take it down. Wow. So, so, so you're strictly posting this just to see what other people will think of the photo. And because you don't feel confident enough in this photo, it's like a trial and everything. Let me just post it and see. Let me take the likes away from it for my quote unquote mental health because if I look at it and there's not enough likes on it, then it confirms the fact that this was indeed not a good picture. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's the process that some people go through. Yeah. When it comes to just something which we think is as simple as posting on social media, but right. it's not that simple for some people. It really right. is and be- has become like the be all that ends all and that barometer for people deciding what is good for them. <laughs> and it's insane. It is insane. Like, I'm glad you said, I- I'm glad you said insane because to me, that is li- literally the word. It's insanity. Mm-hmm. It is insanity. For you to believe that if you put out a piece of art or something into the world, and 100% of people have to agree with the same thought process of what beauty is or what uh, what intellectuality is, if that's even a word. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you think that is insanity. Mm-hmm. Like there is never going to be a time where everyone agrees that something is right. You know, there are nuances throughout life. And I want to implore people to challenge the notion 
that everyone has to agree with what your life is for it to be great. Because mm-hmm. we don't, right? Like if, if your life, for example, my life for what I want it to be is great because mm-hmm. this is what I want out of my life. Mm-hmm. For someone else in a different part of the world, hell, even my next door neighbor could look at my life and say, that's too much. I don't want a house that big. Right. My other neighbor could be like, that's not enough. That house is too small. Mm-hmm. If I'm concerned about what they feel about my house, then I'm not in the pursuit of my own happiness. I'm in the pursuit of someone else's happiness. People pleasing. You see what I'm saying? And half the time, the pursuit of the happiness that others that you're in pursuit of, they don't even be happy neither. <laughs> so they won't even know what makes them happy either. And it really clicked to me. And you helped me with this so much when we met and as we started dating and building together in our relationship and me just as an individual, I was raised to always seek confirmation and affirmation yeah. from outside sources. It could have been something as simple as my mom. It could have been as simple as my grandmother. It could be simple as strangers who I have no mm-hmm. dealing with, who have no impact on my life. It was always about how something looked to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Example, when you and I wore, planned the trip to go to Jamaica, it was oh. spring break, right? Oh. The first time Deval and I were trying to go away on vacation together, spring break, booked a trip to Jamaica. You had never been. This was 2000, maybe four, 2004, four, right? We were in college Super, though. yeah. We, we were still in college, spring break. And his dad went ahead and booked, I think maybe through his timeshare or yep. something, this you know resort for us to stay at for spring break week. Initially, I already knew what I was dealing with when it came to my mom and dad that I had to present this as some sort of group activity so that DeVal could potentially get lost in the shuffle, right? Presented it as a group activity. The fact that we thought this was going to work is insanity too. We're good. We're good. (laughs) It's being 19 years old back in the day, right? right. So I'm like, okay, if we present it as a group activity, (laughs) then we have more of a chance that my mom would be like, all right, Kadeen will room with the girls and the guys will room together, right? (laughs) Sure. I'm smiling so so hard. If if you're not watching on Patreon and you're listening, I'm smiling so hard right now because this was... Bruh. insanity to me that we actually thought it was going to work but go ahead right and it did in my mind I was like, like yeah it's a group trip we're all going away to spring break people are in college that's what people do they go on spring break trips so then as the trip got closer she's like well who's going who's mom can I speak with such and such as mom I'm like you, we're still doing that and I'm in college yo Kadeem was 20 years old it's still doing she's that she's grown 20 years old so then she at could this vote. point <laughs> I could vote pretty much. I could vote with smoke, okay? Yes, and drive. buy cigarettes. Um, I don't smoke cigarettes either, but I'm just <laughs> saying, you know. So then it came down to the time where she wants to speak to all of these moms to be, uh, you know, on the same page about what's transpiring. And that's when I had to say, well, mom, you know, all these people backed out and it's just going to be me and Deval. No, the way, the way his- you kind of broke it down is like you was about, you know, so I finally had to come to it and tell her the truth. No, you said. <laughs> Finally had to come do it and tell her everybody else backed out except right. me and Deval. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is what we thought was going to work. The truth, right? In this <laughs> moment. So clearly at this point, I'm like, oh, Deval's dad already paid for this trip. Like, we can't have this man lose mm-hmm. his money. Like, how dare we? So I figured I was just letting her know that it was just going to be me and Deval. And she was just like, you go away with him? Some boy. Together? <laughs> you and some boy? Some boy. Are we Together? How exactly do you expect for me to tell your grandmother this? And what will your aunt say when you, a girl of your caliber, is traveling overseas with a boy? She said all of this. I was sitting right there and I was tapping Kay. Like, Kay, why are we having this conversation with me right here? 
<laughs> not with me. Just do this right now. Just like, and I was like, right. first of all, it's not no boy. Okay. <laughs> this is Deval, my boyfriend, who you know. Was this while you were still coming by the house or did you yeah, stop coming by the house? This is this while point? I was still coming by the house. It was after this whole thing is that I was like, I ain't coming by the Deval house. Deval, stop Because after the like, whole I'm boy c- comments and <laughs> picture me. Sharon Joseph, <laughs> director of nursing, River Man at Care Center. She went down her whole occupation, bro. Yes, her whole title. Her whole title. Imagine me telling people that my daughter is away with some boy no, for spring way. break. Picture me, director of nursing, River Man at Care Center, telling the people I work with my daughter is away with some boy in Jamaica <laughs> overseas for days at a time. It was like, <laughs> how did we get here? How did we get here? Bruh. And it was simply, that was the reasoning though. Yeah. That was the reasoning. It wasn't that, you know, guys, I think it's that little inappropriate. Y'all, you know, are underage. Uh, I don't think you should be going away together because of X, Y, Z reasons, because of safety. None nah, of that. Nah. It was strictly because what would people <laughs> think or think. say about me yeah. and about her as a parent? Yep. And that is literally... <laughs> the microcosm situation of how I was raised to always be concerned with what other people thought. And finally, once you and I started mm-hmm. dating and you just really showed me like, okay, what exactly do you have to gain by being so overly concerned about what other people think? Who are these people first off? Right. What are they offering you in your life that should allow them to dictate the things that make you happy? Mm-hmm. And I really was like, you know what? Bye, George. It clicked. It clicked. Okay. You know what's funny? It literally clicked. People ask all the time, how did I get here? Right? Because even you asked, you was like, how did you get to that point? You grew up the same way. I grew up in a Southern Baptist house where everything was about church Mm -hmm. and church folk and the Mm -hmm. clergy. And what would this person think and that person think? Like, it was so bad in my house growing up. I had braids. My mother would make me undo my braids every Saturday night because she felt like people would talk about me being a thug if I went to church on Sunday with braids. So how so do you go to church? With, like a with my something? afro out. She'd rather me have an afro oh. than wear braids because braids was associated with hoodlum activities. <laughs> <laughs> but afros wasn't. No, it was like the dumbest thing. Gotcha. But, so you just walk into church with your fist up real yo, quick. Like. <laughs> yeah, and, you, and you know me. I'm just going to play all <laughs> the way in. I wore black the whole time. Oh, God. It was a hell. funeral. Every day, every <laughs> Sunday I went to church. I'm proving the point. <laughs> but, That's so you. So on brand. But. This is how I literally got to this point. Like, I'm not this this great person with all of these ideas of how to solve happiness. You know what happened? <laughs> Football happened. And the eye in the sky. You know what the eye in the sky is? Don't lie. The eye in the sky is the camera. Mm-hmm. They, they film every practice. They film every game. And you get a chance to watch what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. And when you for years have to watch what you do, but also watch what you think you did and then watch it on camera, you realize that your reality... Your perception is not the reality. So then you start to realize, but wait a minute. If my perception is not the reality, that means all them other people's perceptions ain't the reality neither. Mm. So why am I listening to people who are going to have a slanted view of what I do with my life? I am the only one that can control what my life is. Mm -hmm. I can't rely on other people who have slanted perceptions of what my reality is to tell me what's going to make me happy or tell me what's going to work for me. Mm-hmm. That's why it works with jobs. It works with your kids. I can give you every, every idea. For example, when it comes to your kids, oh, I wouldn't put my child in that school because my daughter did da, 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 da. So now, oh, that didn't work for their daughter. It won't work for mine, right? Not true. Not true at all. We ha- I've seen so many different families in different walks of life have successful kids through Brooklyn. 
I have kids that went to poly prep. I have kids that went to public school. I have kids that went to specialized high schools like Bronx Science and Brooklyn Tech. And they've all been successful in all these different walks of life. Mm -hmm. But if you ask them during the time, what's the only way to be successful? It's what they did with their children in that made moment. that successful. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So watching that over years, first through football, but then watching how people interact with their kids, I mm -hmm. realized like, yo, you have to make a decision for yourself. And learn how to navigate what your reality is mm -hmm. instead of listening to other people. Mm -hmm. I've also watched other people with their kids try to follow other families and it not, not work out. Not work out. That's so true. It don't work out. Think about when we were signing Jackson up for his first year of school. So we were doing our due diligence as brand new parents, right? Oh, my God. There was such a process, particularly living in New York, in Brooklyn, with the school system, Right. We went on interviews. Public schools were, depending on where we were, like we were zoned in probably yeah. one of the worst public schools in Crown yeah. Heights. Um, then there were it's an interview, like a very rigorous interview process with us and with Jackson and for private schools, for private schools and the independent schools. Then there's there just like, oh, what's the, the t right? There was That's a test for, for him. It was almost a test for us. I feel like <laughs> I felt like everything was a was a was a was a we were on a display as like a, they were yeah, judging us, they were right? Judging us, yeah, yeah. You know, where and it, it became stressful for us, like mm -hmm. wearing the, the right outfit at the time and like not saying the saying the wrong thing. Like, was Jackson gonna have a good day where he was like on and right. you know. There were so many different things that went into that school process. Mm -hmm. And someone told us about a program. I think it was called Early Steps. Early Steps, yeah. Yeah, where they were able to, you, you go in, it's pretty much all minority children, right? It was all on Chadi, because on Chadi did Early Steps for That's what kill. it was, yes. So Deval's aunt Chadi, shout out to aunt Chadi, told us about um, Early Steps. Early Steps, yeah. And this is where pretty much all black children came to be in this pool. Well, where children of color. It wasn't all black children. True, children but majority. Color, yeah. I would say majority. I, I say that because it was probably one of the few ways that black children could get into opportunities. Yeah, these schools, these right? Elite private schools. Either, whether it be a scholarship or yeah. whether it being like they're taking only two to fill their diversity quota, whatever that looked like in the moment, which was another whole thing for another mm -hmm. day. But um, this is what the process that we had to take. Whereas your cousin Kale was successful in it, where she made mm -hmm. it into the program. Jackson actually ended up making it into mm -hmm. the Early Steps program. And he was one of the children that they were now trying to sift into yeah. a independent school. And he ended up being waitlisted for, I think, majority of the schools yeah. and never ended up getting in. Well, no, remember, we he had got into Brooklyn Friends and they had sent us the bill. Remember, we had gotten into Brooklyn yes, yes, Friends, yes. and Kay calls me. <laughs> Kay calls me. That's says, right. Hey, he the email. The email came in for Brooklyn Friends, they which sent we us. loved too at the time. We were yeah. like, "This is the bomb." School. It wasn't far from us. Yeah, and we were just like, "Okay." Well, she was just like, "Okay, so it's gonna be three k." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, three k over ten months. Okay, that's three hundred dollars a month. We can do this." Da, da, da. She laughed. <laughs> you see how she laughed? She said, <laughs> "I said, I said, why? Why are you I'm laughing?" I'm choking now, y'all. She said, "It's three k a month." Month. $30,000. I said, for, for, for pre-K? <laughs> what, what are you teaching my son? Did I say, Kay, there is nothing that they can guarantee me that this <laughs> child will be or do at three years old no way. for a 30K in There's 10 no months. Way. There's just no way. There's no way. And I was just like, you're absolutely right. And at the time, there were so many people around us telling us, if you want your child to have a good education, you got to go through this. You can't put them in a like public school system. this is the system. only way. This is the only way. And we were just listening and we were stressed out. We were panicking. Uh -huh. And then Mayor de Blasio won. 
And he announced UPK, which mm-hmm. is universal pre-K, mm-hmm. which means that the city was going to pay for anyone going into pre-K that year. Right. And they and didn't Jackson have to go to it. a public school. They could go to yes. private schools and get a stipend. Yes. So Jackson qualified. Yes. And that's when we found the um uh, the learning the learning experience. Yeah. They had a great time there. Some and awesome teachers. And I was like, look at God. Look at God. We literally we chose. did not have to pay a cent after that. And we chose. And, and you know what? We got some flack from people. Not flack, but... It was like he got a chance to go to Brooklyn Friends. Why don't you just find a way? And I said, it's not about finding a way. At the time, we couldn't afford $30,000 no. a year for, for, pub, for pub, private school. Like We just couldn't afford no, it. it just wasn't a thing. It, and everybody even, who had opinions, I was like, do y'all want to put up a collection plate? Go fund me. I don't know. We didn't have GoFundMe we, at the time. But no, we did not have the money. Unless y'all are trying to do this, then no. Yeah, we didn't have that the money. It wasn't an option. But- that's a great story you told because think about it. If we were so focused on making other people happy, you know what we would have did? We would have scraped up all our pennies and been spending our money for $3,000 a month and been struggling. But struggling. In, instead, we chose to use that money to invest in our future and we sent them to TLE mm-hmm. and it's worked out very, very well. Yep. And then from TLE, they were able to, between them and us, you know, really just working mm-hmm. with him. He tested for the Gifted and Talented program, was like in the 99th yeah. percentile. And then that was a whole nother mess where they put him in the school all the way in. Like the Bronx. Harlem, the or the Bronx. Was it the Bronx or Harlem? Yeah, it was the Bronx. It was the I number three, the number three school. It was like the in number the city. three school in the city, which was amazing. But I'm like, how am I gonna airlift him there every day? Like, how exactly <laughs> was I gonna get in in New York traffic right. to and fro? Right. They literally made it impossible for us to even be able to take him there, which ended up happening. And then yeah. I had to fight tooth and nail to get him in the gifted and talented to program. a gifted and talented program. Well, he tested for it, but getting him into a school that was in Brooklyn that was close enough for us and feasible. So I say that all to say, if we really think about what other people are going to think of the journey that we mm-hmm. take with our children, with ourselves, bruh, it's the instant setup for failure. I got to give one more example, and then we can take a break and do listener letters. Mm-hmm. I gave them an example with work, mm-hmm. uh, not listening to people. We were able to advance our careers because we followed our hearts. Mm-hmm. In your relationship. Mm-hmm. This is how the pursuit of happiness will help you in your relationship and not seeking affirmation for someone else. Mm. I get this all the time. Listen to this scenario. Because I just got it with you. Okay. Hey, yo, D, what's up? What's good? Um, I see Kadeem went to Sweden to go see Beyonce. Yeah, she went with her girls. Yeah, cool. How long would you let your wife stay away? You know, if, if she goes on a girl's trip. And I'm like... Uh, what would you let? How how long would you let your wife stay away? And then I remember when mm. when um DJ Envy mm-hmm. was talking about Gia had went away for three weeks oh, yeah, to yeah. Thailand. To Thailand, yes. And they had asked us when we were on the on Breakfast the Club. Shout out to Breakfast Club, Charlamagne yeah. and God, and, and DJ Envy. They asked us, you know, like, you know, would you be upset if your wife went away for a girl trip for three weeks? My first thought process was, mm-hmm. and I, DJ Envy literally had the same thought process though. Mm-hmm. But why would I care? How upset y'all get about what <laughs> me and my wife decided on. <laughs> right. But then Period. it makes me, but then it made Full me stop. realize when people asked me though, mm-hmm. about how long would you because I see K went away. And I'm like, dude, why are you asking me what I think is okay for my wife? What do you think is okay for your, for your wife, wife? And what right. does your wife think is okay for herself? Right. That her, his questioning right. and their questioning as a couple right. to me is the problem. Well, maybe he was trying to get some sort of confirmation for you. Like, see, Deval only let Kay go away for four days when you want to go but away for a week. But that's the problem. And that's though. the problem. That's yes. the problem is that you can't find happiness if you're trying to tailor make your relationship 
to other people's standards. If you're you happy, said it in the book, y'all. Oh, if we y'all did say that. We did say that in the book. We over, we me. over me. New York Times bestseller, baby. <laughs> baby, but yes. But um, no. But but seriously though, it's like we as people consistently find happiness with our partner, and then let other people talk us out of out our of own it. happiness. That's that's y'all literally. shouldn't be doing that. Why would you let your Why would you let your girl do that? I would let my man. Same thing with you. Remember when we were younger in our relationship mm -hmm. and I go to the strip club with my friends and stuff mm -hmm. like that and you would get them comments like you still let him go to the strip club. It's like, yo, <laughs> yo, like if we found something I that works for us. the man, he's a, he is a, an adult. He is an adult who can make a decision. Yo. An informed decision. <laughs> I was informed. Am I supposed to have a problem with it? Then you be thinking that you're crazy sometimes if you don't have the problem That's with it. That's my point. They, which is they even make wilder. you feel crazy if you don't have yeah. a problem, but you're like, I really don't have a problem. They're like, uh-uh, you're supposed to have a problem. Mm -hmm. Now they're disrupting your happiness, but you've let them disrupt your happiness by including them in a decision that you've already made. Bruh, be careful of the people you have around you. I have another person recently got into a relationship, you know, was in the first maybe three, four weeks of the relationship you know, disclosed to me, you know, this is the person that I'm seeing now, really like this person, um, awesome individual, like, you know, hours on the phone, like, feel like I knew him for years type mm -hmm. of thing. So I'm like, oh, this is giving me a devout vibes. I'm like, girl, mm -hmm. you know, maybe this is your husband, mm -hmm. you know. So we're chit-chatting and everything. End up going to an event where we see another friend. Well, this is a friend of hers at this okay. point. This is not my friend. This is her friend now. Okay. <clears throat> so after telling me about this guy, her friend comes and she's like, don't don't mention don't mention the guy that I told you about. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. no problem. So the three of us are there, we're chit chatting, and she did not want to bring up this guy. Mm -hmm. And after the fact, I was mm -hmm. just like, what was that about? And she was just like, mm, just because I feel like you know she's my friend, but I just feel like anytime I show that I'm like remotely happy about something or you know meet a guy, Ooh. then she starts to get weird or she tries Ooh. to convince me why this is not a good idea Ooh. so i said oh your, your single friend over here that's been single for the <laughs> for the past six years you right, know that's right, just right. been like single trying to figure shit out for the past whole life yes <laughs> that's who we're trying to compare notes with okay gotcha she said but yeah she just i just don't feel that energy anytime i seem like i'm excited about something so i said well that means that you need to problem. rehash if this person is indeed a friend yeah, that's a problem. or is this person in their own competition with you like right. you can be in situations like that where you don't even realize yeah. that the people closest yeah. to you are deterring you from what could be one of the happiest moments or one of the happiest things to happen in your life yeah because they are jealous jealous not insecure. happy Exactly. Yeah, Wish they were in that position too. Yeah. Uh, misery loves company. Oh, baby, we going to be single together forever on some Golden Girls type shit. Like, you know, <laughs> that is also a very big possibility too. So it was crazy in that moment because I'm just like, wow, I'm like, this is supposed to be one of your good friends that you cannot even disclose this to because for fear that she will try to steal your happiness from you in that moment. So y'all be careful who you have around you. I feel you on that. That shit, wow. Here's the thing though. You're never going to know who that person is. Well, you you will know at times. You and when you know, you should separate them. Mm -hmm. I want people to realize that those people can give opinions. Mm -hmm. You don't need to listen to them. You don't. You don't. You don't. But you know what you need to listen to? What? These ads is coming up next. Because we got to pay <laughs> That was bills. a cute little transition. You see that? You see, I that? Like, you see how I did that? That was cute. That was I'm cute. becoming the host of Dead Ass Podcast. You know, listen. You ain't, you after ain't 11 seasons, after 11 seasons, baby, I said, let me take you. <laughs> you take your stab at it. All right, baby? I ain't hating. I'll be taking a lot of stabs. You sure as hell do. That part. <laughs> we'll be back, y'all. <laughs> we'll be back.
During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. When I'm talking about style, I mean personal style. There are just so many colors and so many gibbet charms that you can add to the Crocs to make them unique. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood, to match your personality, to fit the occasion, and you can change them up day to day. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now, let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than Crocs, clogs, and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here... They're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. That's right. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. You may be aware that most people who are black have O blood type. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near, yes, near, the OG that I used for years has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite, coconut oil and vitamin E because it's gentle on my skin. And down to the body cream, rich cocoa butter and vitamin E body cream, which is a modern take on indulgent and classic femininity. Okay, it works in as little as three minutes, no nicks, no cuts, and the smooth skin lasts days longer than shaving. Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all those nasty chemicals so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. Have a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts all 
right, y'all, we're back. Yeah. Time for listener letters. Let's get into them and see what y'all talking about today. You want to uh, go first, baby? I'm going to go first, baby. All right, go ahead. First of all, I want to shout out my sister for putting me on to y'all's podcast. I knew Deval from watching Zatima and Sisters. Shout out. Yay. I hate just jumping in on the middle of things, so I had to take it all the way back to the beginning of the podcast to catch up now. Oh, dope. Can I just say that I love the show, how relatable you guys are, and how you just how you guys just love on each other. Well, thank you so much. I've never met a married couple whose relationship re- resonated with mine until now. Me and my husband have been together since I was 15 and he was 17. Oh, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. So you know we've had our fair share of ups and downs. Now we're about to be 35 and 37. 28, they like us. I yeah, say, hey, literally. 20 years. Mm-hmm. We have three kids. Hey, well, we beat y'all on that. And we just celebrated 13 years of being married. Nice. Congrats we'll be 13 to you years guys. in June, yeah. July. So very similar. Okay. My husband is a great provider, protector, and a great father. I also try my best to be a better wife and mom each day. Like Adine, I grew up in a household where things were swept under the rug. So I struggled with expressing myself and I had bad communication. Mm-hmm. Over the years, I have gotten much better about expressing my feelings and communicating my needs to my husband. He has done his best at meeting most of those needs, and I appreciate him and make sure to tell him and show him. But of course, it's always a work in progress. So my question is, how can I get my husband to be more romantic? He has his moments, but it's very rare that it happens. I always plan our date nights and getaways, birthdays, and special events. I want to be the one that gets surprised. I am a very simple girl. I don't really care about materialistic things, nor do I care about extravagant things. It's the small things that count. One of the most special things that... He has done for me in the 20 in was in 2020 when everything was shut down and my birthday came around. He woke me up early before any of our kids were awake. He had a hot bath of a hot bath full of rose petals. Ooh, ready <laughs> for me time. to just show uh, to just relax and before getting my day started. Totally surprised me. How can I get more moments like these regularly and not just during a pandemic? Mm. Well, you as a guy being romantical because you have a lot of romantical moments. Yes. It's cute. And I mean, the romance doesn't necessarily look the way I expect it to look all the time, but I do enjoy the moments that you do mm-hmm. take the time to be thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if she's had the conversation with him about it. Because Wait a he may My not romantic even be- moments don't look like what you be wanting? No, I'm just saying sometimes in our mind as women, you think about like fairy tales and all these things that we uh-huh. see as like romantic moments. But I've learned that you are romantic in your own way. And I love that because it's all the thought that counts. Oh, uh, this, is, this is news to me because I thought I was doing exactly what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, this is news to me. Hey, we just opened up a new can of worms. No, I love those moments. Like something that was super romantic and it was kind of like um, at a... A difficult point in our life, but it stands tea. out. It man. stands out as one of the more romantic things that you've done, or the most romantic. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Was when we lived in California, and remember, I miscarried that baby that I was pregnant mm-hmm. with in September 2020, mm-hmm. and um, you weren't able to be there. Mm-hmm. I ended up coming to Georgia to mm-hmm. see you for a little bit. That's actually when we found this house. And when I went back home, mm-hmm. I got a delivery at the door, and mm-hmm. there were three large white. No, three large red bouquets of roses and then one white. Yes. To represent to represent three boys. The baby. Yeah, and then the baby we lost. And that was just so romantic in that moment. I don't never I'm not saying that's not that's something I would have thought of to do. Like that to me in that moment wasn't a romantic thing per se, but it was romantic, like right? right? Because it was a moment that I wasn't expecting that. That's what I meant. I know what you mean. Okay. I wasn't trying to shit on your romance, right? You go to I was like, yeah, sometimes it doesn't look exactly like how I I envisioned it, but I accept it nonetheless. I'm just grateful. No. No. (laughs) No. I'm just Um, saying, yeah. But as a guy, I know sometimes it's harder for y'all to think about about 
ways to be romantic. I know I struggle with that as a woman because I'm just like, oh, you see romance. Like, how do I, how do I, you know, express romance to you? It's not necessarily the way I would want to receive it as a man and a woman. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's different. different. DeVal's idea of romance is crop top, booty shorts, walk around the house, make me a sandwich, you know, pack my bong. Like, that's... <laughs> I'm glad you know that. That's romance. I'm glad, I'm glad you know that. And I've learned that. DeVal's not going to care is... about rose petals all over the no, floor. No, no, no. No, no he's no, not. No. He'd be petals. like, drop your ass on the floor. <laughs> and there we go. It's romantic. <laughs> um, yes. You got to learn your partner, you know? Well, you just answered the question. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. no, no, no. I'm that you. What you just said is mm-hmm. the word. You got to learn your. You got to learn your partner. And mm-hmm. if you're a woman who loves a different level of romanticism, tell your partner what you like, mm-hmm. and it's up to him to decide whether or not he wants to engage in that. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to you to decide whether or not you are willing to receive what mm-hmm. he is giving you. Like ultimately, you just got to open your mouth. Yeah. Pause. Yeah. I like that. I mean, that's romantic. That's too. romantic to develop. <laughs> See? But, no. <laughs> but she said that she's usually the one that plans all these things too. So he may just yeah. be a creature of habit at this point and say, Oh well, baby, you're normally the yeah. one that's planning all these special events and stuff like that and you do it well. So yeah. you know, why not ruffle those feathers if everything is working out? But he yeah. may not even see or know that you're desiring a bit more. But- well, I'll I'll say something too to speak to them because they've been together since fifteen, seventeen. He's never gone through the courting process as true. a fully fledged adult. That's true. He's too. been with her since he was a teenager. Yes. So he's never had to date. Yeah. So how does he really know how what to woo someone? Romantics look like. Yeah. yeah. He, he's never had to do it. So I would say talk to him. Let him know exactly because right. if y'all been together this long, he seems like the type of no, not seems. You said everything, all of your needs and wants, mm-hmm. he provides. He yes. delivers. He's you a great tell protector, him. provider, great tell father. Him. Y'all seem to have a really healthy relationship. Healthy relationship. Just yeah. Tell him. So yeah, tell him. Tell them what you want, baby. Make it a little spicy. Yeah, tell them. Empower me to do something a little strange, you know, for some change, that kind of thing. And I think it'll work out. Y'all, you know, this girl a freak. Y'all have no idea. She been talking I have to be, because like I said, that's what romanticism looks like to you. So I got to do what you think is romantic in these moments, right? That's another thing, too. Don't let other people tell you your partner's not being romantic. Mm -hmm. Because they don't agree with what their idea of happiness is, right? Mm -hmm. For example... We have our ways of being romantic. And then you'll hear other people be like, I ain't doing all of that. Ain't Always. nobody asked you to do all that. Right. <laughs> and in my pursuit of happiness, I'm asking Kay to do that. Right. Same thing. Men be like, I ain't doing all that for no girl. Da, da, da. And right. Kay didn't ask you to do sure that. So didn't. She asked me to do it. That's and if right. we're going to do so it for each other. That ass. <laughs> yeah, pursuit Happy of ass. assiness. Assiness. Pursuit of assiness. <laughs> There you go. That's- there you go. Period. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good luck to y'all. Hopefully that works out and hubby finds ways to be more romantic. I guarantee you he will. If she, if yeah, she opens up and says, hey, sure. babe, why don't we do this? I Let's guarantee you. Let's try this. I would really love that. You know, that'd be dope. Um, all right. Hello, king and queen. I could really use your help while staying anonymous. And this is a long one. All right, girl or guy. Let's see. I'm at a crossroads and unsure what to do. My partner and I have been together for five years, living together for three. We have the typical trails, trials, sorry. She said trails, but I think they mean trials. We have the typical trials, like every couple, but accomplishments cause conflicts. My parents and family live two hours away, while her mother, her main and only considered family, lives in another state. Mm. Her mother moved a year ago or so, so she's now a traveling nurse. Whenever there's a time to be happy or celebrate with family, she seems to support me until it's time to be around my family. She never wants to come with me or wants to speak to me while I'm away. She tries to make me feel guilty about telling me how sad and lonely she is. 
I tried to have her either see if her mom could come with us. We go to her or she goes on her own. Of course, there's always an excuse or scheduling conflicts, but I try. I usually only see my family for Thanksgiving and maybe a day trip two to three times out of the year. Birthdays, promotions, holidays, especially Mother's and Father's Days always end up with arguments. My family views and treats her as if she is family, but she always rejects it and says I'm not the same since it says it's not the same because it's not her blood. I don't know what to do and I don't want to live a life of dimming my success or not sharing it with my loved ones to make her comfortable. I try my best to understand or find solutions. Maybe there is something that I'm not seeing. What are your thoughts? Seems like family's a trigger for her. Um, She said it's just her mom. She only has her mom. Since it's just her mom, she's probably used to only being around her mom and it could be triggering for her to be around large groups of people and Mm -hmm. it don't feel, she doesn't feel comfortable. Right. Or doesn't know how to be comfortable in a situation right. where there's people and there's family and there's love and there's like, you know. Yeah. Or so. it could be a thing where she's uh, manipulative and she just wants to pull him away from his family because she wants to have access to him all to herself. Like mm-hmm. there are so many different options. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is he knows this woman better than we well, know. Well, him or her. He doesn't specify or or if these are two men, two women, yeah, two he, or anything. They don't so. know. Right. Who, or they men and know, women. Or they who? know this person better right. than we do. So it's it's gonna it's hard for us to give advice on what to do. Mm-hmm. What I will keep saying is, though, is if you keep trying to open her up to your family and she keeps rejecting it, there's going to come a point where your family's going to start rejecting her as well. Mm-mm. And then mm-hmm. you have to make a choice of whether or not you want to continue to live in this type of environment because I've seen it on so in so many families, even in mine, mm-hmm. where one spouse pulls another spouse away from their family mm. and then it becomes a thing where they're the outsiders. Yes. And then it, and then it trickles down from gen- to generation and be like, oh, you know that aunt or that uncle that don't talk to nobody? Well, their wife or their husband don't, mm-hmm. don't fuck with us. It's like, why? You know, why, right. why is that the case? Mm-hmm. You know, people mm-hmm. have their own reasons and their own traumas that cause them to act that way. So I think right. he should investigate and learn more about her or they should investigate and learn more about her so that they can understand why they're moving that way right and i don't see anything here about children because usually two children also add a layer of wanting the children to see a particular side of family but i don't see anything about children here so it may just be that they are um a couple who's dealing with that yeah it seems like there's some kind of issue around family Mm -hmm. and my thing is if you're making the attempts to get her mom to come to hang with her or to be there for her or you're encouraging that and she declines it then I'm wondering is there an issue with her and her mom as well too it doesn't seem like she has like a healthy family environment environment or relationship when it comes to family so I would say there probably has to be some deep-rooted conversation happening here I think Um, I think he or she needs to focus on your partner and find out why they are behaving the way they are mm -hmm. once you find out why they are behaving the way they are you can make a decision on what and whether or not you want to continue moving forward right clearly your family is important to you yeah you should never have to choose for sure you know you shouldn't have to choose you should be able to find someone who is in synergies with how your family works so that's what I would do I would investigate find out what her thought process is and Mm -hmm. if you can't figure something else that works it with me i'd move on yeah because some people just usually genuinely just don't know that there's a problem for example we had issues earlier on where you felt like the kids were going to my family more than they were going to your family and really there was no malice from any party involved Mm -hmm. it was just a matter of like convenience a and it was also a matter of speaking out against who that's different though because neither one of us had an issue going to each other's families oh no no no. yeah you're right it was 
making choices of where the kids were going to go when you needed help. And my family feeling like they didn't see the kids as much as your family. Right. That's different than no, but me what not I'm... wanting to be around your family or you not wanting to be around my no, family. No, I was, I was using that example just to just say that sometimes parties involved are thinking different things. And mm. it may be no malice intent or any um, harmful mm. intention there. It's just that if you don't have the conversation about it, you don't understand the other person's idea okay. or how they feel in that moment. Okay. But the example was just off for me because I was like, did she clearly just doesn't want to be around his family? She yeah, keeps yeah, making no, excuses. I know, but I'm just saying, has she expressed the reason why? I'm just saying the conversation needs to be happening because there may be a valid reason he why said, she doesn't want to she, be around. No, he it. said she just makes excuses. There's, he said that he's tried to include her. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I'm saying. I think the example is different because mm-hmm. you, if if I told you there was a problem, mm-hmm. you didn't make excuses as to why you couldn't do it. You were just like, oh, well, this was my thought process, mm-hmm. and then we made moves to change that so right. that we could be fair. It seems like. He or she is constantly trying to make provisions. And this person here, she is just always making a different change. Always right. she's She shows a pattern of deliberately avoiding it, which is different than what you gave. Right. But the thing is, she's not being vocal about why she feels the way she feels. So I'm just saying if someone's not vocal about why they feel the way they feel, then you're left to your own devices of just guessing. And it doesn't right. seem like she's been vocal with him or her. No, I understand what you're saying. I just feels. feel like the the... Example was confusing for me at least because mm-hmm. we were two two parties trying to find mm-hmm. a split in the middle, mm-hmm. and it seemed like she's not trying to find a split in the middle. She's right. just yeah. I, I don't want to come be around to. your family. I only want to be around my mom. But mm-hmm. then when you leave me, it's almost like narcissism. But then yeah. when you leave me, even though I said I don't want to go, I'm gonna call you every day and tell you, make you feel guilty about not. Not being there. By being there. Like, that's yeah. just messed up. Yeah. Like, you you were never trying to be messed up. No, no, no. Exactly. But yeah. conversation alleviated that. So, yeah. hopefully, you were able to have a conversation with her and find out what is the actual that's, root that's of facts. the problem. Yeah. yeah. All right. Two really great listener letters. If y'all want to be featured as a listener letter, continue to write into us. We love to hear from you. Email us. That's the best way to get in touch. Deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. All right. Time for Moment of Truth. We're talking pursuit of happiness. What that looks like for you, who we're including, who we're excluding. How do we get to the root of budding happiness. Do you want to go very, first? It's, it's very, very simple to me. We have one inalienable right on this earth, and that's to survive by any means necessary. During that survival, you want to be happy, right? So if you really, truly want to be happy, look within. Mm-hmm. Stop looking without. It's the same thing I've been preaching with every aspect. Look within. Don't look without. And also, don't project your unhappiness on other people. That because part. as humans, we have a responsibility not only... We have one inalienable right, but we have responsibilities to ourselves and the people we frequent. Mm-hmm. So don't make your life's goal to make other people unhappy. <laughs> That's my moment of truth. Misery shouldn't love company, huh? No, it shouldn't. <laughs> well, moment of truth for me, uh, I think I'm actually going to steal your sound, sound bite from mm-hmm. earlier and just say that happiness is an extreme solo sport. You are responsible mm. for your own happiness. Mm. You cannot project that on anyone else. You, mm-hmm. Your lack thereof also cannot be projected on anyone else, nor can you attempt to get into relationships, whether it's romantic or not, expecting for someone to then make you happy. Mm. Because what that does is put the onus on other people and not on you. Okay? Thanks. So, good luck, y'all. And be sure to find us on Patreon. It's the exclusive Deadass Podcast video content. And you can find us on social media at Deadass the Podcast. Kadeen, I am. And I am Deval. And, and if, if you're... you're- 
Go ahead. <laughs> it's all right, because you kind of chopped this screwed it, but it's I cute. Did. It was cute. Uh, <laughs> and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Deadass, y'all. Deadass. Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Deadass the Podcast and never miss a thing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. You know that I feel like it's important to express yourself. You got to put your true self out there. And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do that. That's right. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know it doesn't get any more comfortable than the Croc clogs and sandals. They are just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit Crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms.